sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Griff's here. It's another episode of the Beer Engine podcast. Uh, what's certain to be another instant classic because this week I am joined by, uh, boy, we haven't done this bit in a while. Let's try this one out again, huh? Uh, I am joined by the, uh, uh, public relations representative for the, uh, whatever the company is that makes, uh, Ivermectin, uh, horse deworming in flavors such as apple and hay. Very, sounds very yummy. Um, and I've been thinking about getting my hands on this, so we wanted to get this guy in here to talk uh, to us a little bit about <clears throat> why it tastes so good, um, maybe how we can get it on draft at our local pub, something along those lines. Um, so thank you to uh, the uh, legend, St. Maz, for joining us. Hello, hello, St. Oh, well, it's, it's so good to be on your program, your esteemed program that is up there with the likes of... Um Meet the press with with mm-hmm. um, Chuck Hayes um, or Chuck Todd even Chuck Todd, um, the War Room with Owen Troyer, um, mm. Info Wars with Alex Jones, um, just a and truly Ver- esteemed Ver- program. Owen Troyer, I think, was on that too. <laughs> <laughs> Owen Troyer, of course, he does have a little um, bit of a problem. Perhaps should engage us for his PR needs as he undergoes um, breaching his bail conditions in regards to the January 6th insurrection. But back to Ivermectin, why it tastes so delicious. Look, we're we're taking our cues from other brands, say Tide. um, Oh, yeah. Anything that can be multipurpose. Why make a product just for one species? Let's, Let's branch out. Let's make it available. We don't have to change our branding. We don't have to say it's fit for human consumption. But let's give some human flavours. I'm sure humans would love this shit. Um, And look, Tide did it with their pods. Tide pods we know are delicious. They may be poisonous. Mm -hmm. We can't help that if people want to ingest it. So it sounds like, I mean, this is smart business right here. You have sort of a, you have, I mean, this is a problem, you know, that all, any of us who work in, you know, say something like mergers and acquisitions or in new business development, you have sort of a, you know, possible market share, right? And you have sort of a, just the entire, so you're stuck. You've got only the, all of the horses on earth, right? And let's do some quick Fermi math on this, right? How many horses get horse worms? I I don't know. About a hundred percent. About a hundred percent, I think. Worms. All right. So that's good. A fairly, um, that's one of the most common conditions that afflict horses. So that's pretty good for business. All right, we'll say that. But is, 100% but not, of horses, how many How many horses are there compared to people, right? I mean, maybe, uh, you know, I mean, I know I have three, four horses, but does everybody have that many horses? Is I mean, you can't treat, you're not treating wild horses with this shit. So we're just talking about horses that are seeing veterinarians and the like. So, And then you've got to take into account the anti-wormers. They're just a big a, a population of the horse community are as anti-vaxxers are in the human population. So we're missing out on a, on a big segment there. But it's interesting that the anti-wormers and anti-vaxxers are not the same crowd. They believe in different science. 
they don't believe in science itself, but that's a bonus for us. Who needs science to sell sure. a product? Science is bullshit. We all know this. Um, yep. I'm sick. I'm sick of the damn shit. Honestly, I keep I keep seeing about it in the news. Yeah. Uh, so I did want to bring a couple of things to the the company's attention while we had you here. Okay. Um, before before my very rude co-host butts in on the show at some point, um, which is which is going to annoy all of us. So. Uh, this is from, uh, there, well, there's a Twitter account, some fucking lib dickhead, I think posted some things from the horse worm horse, the ivermectin Facebook group. And we have some people posting here. Um, this is a Ross. I don't know if you're seeing this, um, Mr. Moz, but, oh, yeah. uh, this is a Ross Clifford says with laughing emojis, crying, laughing emojis. Life is getting really sick. That's <laughs> don't know where don't know where to go with that one. Uh, here's someone. He didn't say it was from worms, so that that's a plus. And he didn't say it was from COVID. Okay, it might maybe uh, her body's shutting down because she's taken too much ivermectin, but we can't help that. This is a Megan Megan Schenkel. I'm doxing these people. I don't care. Um, might be a stupid question, but has anyone pooped out worms from taking ivermectin? I'm just curious. All right. So this lady looks like a pretty, I'm going to say just from the kind of blurry far away picture, looks like a pretty slim woman um, in her wedding dress. Um, so, you know, okay, maybe. But um, uh, can, can I just so respond? She maybe a valid question. So maybe you can answer yeah. the question and then I'll read a, a response from one of the community members here too. Absolutely. Our horses have, have, have pooped out a bunch of worms. It's it's quite normal for horses to pump out a shit ton of worms out their ass as they as they're shedding the worms. Seems to check out actually. Yeah, but um, looks like someone else took care of that that response for you. Uh, Kimra here said yes, but even though I've been expelling rope worms with coffee enemas for a while now, it's different with Ivor. It was about six weeks after taking it weekly, and it's happened. The last two weeks, the day after taking it, that I get this tummy rumbling like I had to go with diarrhea. So I go to the pot and out comes a bile dump with full rope worms, heads and all. I'm especially happy for the bile dump. And of course, the worms will see what this week brings. So um, people don't often get worms. So that's the only concern I have about that. And my understanding of what a rope worm is, is that it may not be, uh, it's not a worm. Um, every definition I can find of rope worms is that they are not worms. They're actually shreds of the, of your intestinal lining. Um, so do you, uh, what, what do you, how do you respond to, to sort of this, uh, this, this, I mean, she, she clearly thinks that she is, is there something in, in ivermectin that is fooling her into thinking she has worms? Uh, look, I just want to say that this was one of our genius strokes. I, I don't want to go too far behind the curtain. But the idea that we can also sort of classify a side effect as another worm and it becomes a self-fulfilling pro pro prophecy where, sure. where the actual taking of the ivermectin creates a worm that is then shed from the body and then you need more ivermectin 
to get rid of more of this worm that isn't technically a worm, but it is great branding. Let's be clear. It is great branding to call this this worm. We'll call it a worm for marketing's sake that isn't actually sure. a worm. Sounds like, yeah, sounds like we have some confirmation from doctors in here. Ropeworms aren't a thing. Um, this used to be the case with people who were giving their kids bleach enemas to cure their autism. I, I, I didn't know the bleach enema was an old school thing. That's sort of from the past. Look, um, this so is they're again, shredding their intestinal misinformation, lining. Uh, misinformation. It's not bleach. It's miracle medical cure. So Look I'm going to read one more. I'm going to read one more before everybody turns this podcast off because it's really fucking nasty. Um, <laughs> this is from Kevin Goodwin, who has a uh, uh, who has a, a a banner on his picture that just says Trump won and W O N, not number one, but he won. Uh, y'all might think this is gross. Oh, <laughs> we might. But. Uh, but. But. All right, so he let it up with a butt. Thank you. Okay, I don't use toilet paper, or rarely do, just when I have to away from home. Um, So already off to a good start. Uh, I I think just smearing poop with paper doesn't get my butt clean, so I wash after every time. Okay, all right, so he's 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 bidaying it in some way, I guess. All right. So a few days ago, I did the topical application by rubbing two cc's on my belly, then another 48 hours later. Last night, my belly was sort of hurting, went poop a few times, very loose stool, and of course I washed. This morning, I did my business, got up off the pot, and I felt something, I felt something touch me in the back of the leg. <laughs> I put my foot in the far side of the tub, squatted down, and sat with my other thigh on the edge of the tub and washed my butt with soap and water like normal. Well, when I got up, I noticed this long stringy thing in the tub under where my butt was that was touched the back of my leg. Damn thing was little over a foot long. I actually took a pic of it, but I don't want to gross y'all out even even more. So this guy had shredded himself so bad, it sounds like, that he had some kind of alien business. Or he ate an alien. Uh, is that was that the ivermectin stance? Maybe that he ate sort of a tentacle or something. Maybe he had octopus the night before. This could have been the case, um, or some sort of really chewy spaghetti. Could have been the oh. case. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe he was using squid as a pasta. Don't know why he would, but I wouldn't put it past this guy. Um, look, I really think this is out of character for a Trump supporter. I thought they would have been more behind science. I thought they would have been more rational. They're behind it is the problem, yeah. They're behind, they're behind is all over it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Kevin. Kevin, yeah. Kevin, Kevin. Tough day for Kevin. All right, let's, we're, we're going we're gonna to boot you out of here, Mr. Moz. We're going to bring in Tony. They're going to sound like no, there was no change, really, because they're both from Australia and have a very similar sounding voice. Tony, did you hear my interview with um, uh, this PR feller from Ivermectin? What do you think? What do you think of the, uh, of the big, the big news and the big turds and worms these people are putting out? Um, Look, I, I don't condone PR speak like that individual was speaking before, Mm -hmm. but if we happen to lose a few Republicans along the way, 
Is it such a bad thing? Yeah, I think we're losing a lot of them right now for various. <laughs> the fact that they're somehow <laughs> doing it to themselves by rubbing this horse goo on their tummies is pretty fucked up right there. That, yeah. Anyways, I apologize. Uh, um, I don't really apologize that. I'm sorry. I am sorry because it is gross and it was even making me sort of antsy to read that stuff. But it is. Boy, you can't. I mean, some sometimes you just can't beat leading the show off with a bunch of nasty poop stories. And I just couldn't pass up the opportunity either, so um, we had to we had to do it. Like, at what point do you seek medical care? That's what I want to ask these people. Like, surely when you've got an alien crawling out your butt, wouldn't you go and seek medical care to see that your intestines are not falling out of your ass? Because that would be my first thought. Is I mean this, but this comes from all the like a long time of med of of distrust of doctors, right? So they're going to go to the same doctor that's telling them to get this crack uh, this quack vaccine uh, or the same doctor that told them their kids should not be having the measles or this, you know, all this other stuff. There's just no way they're going to, they're, they're not going to think that's going to fix them. They think it's all just in their head or whatever. If they pray enough or something, it'll fix it. So just, not good. Just lunacy. Yeah. And I'm my, my empathy meter, as we've talked about is on zero at this point. I've, I've, it's all drained out. Um, anything I had at the beginning of this, and you guys have listened to, we started this podcast right when the pandemic started, essentially, like almost to the day. So um, uh, you guys, if you whether I had any at the beginning or not, you can judge, but uh, whatever I did have is, is long gone. So rip, rip to the people who are going to, when they, when they, when they, um, Pass into this next life at that moment where you empty your bowels. They'll be laying in a big pile of their own intestinal lining, which is really disgusting to think about. Now, I just wonder whether this has taken hold because of um, them actually knowing about ivermectin. Because I live in a rural community, as you well know, and often during TV ads, especially during the football and things like that, we would often get ads for ivermectin for, for cattle sure. and for sheep. So it, when it popped up in the news, it wasn't shocking to me that um, people were using some sort of animal um, cure incorrectly. Um, it's, a, it's a really well-known brand product here, and I just wonder whether because it is so much more well-known to rural communities than, say, um, something like hydroxychloroquine that's why it's able to take root in these fringe communities so quickly because yeah, of the maybe. brand acknowledgement I, I just, and the trust you would think, for its real purpose it's for its yeah. real purpose it works perfectly but, but so you would think iPods. somebody who works with animals would have a better grip of you know this is intended for animals this but, is intended for humans you know what I'm saying is it's not the farmers going out and getting it. It's those people that sure. have seen it on things like TV that aren't actually farmers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, so it's not the guys raising the cattle that know, like, okay, don't do that. Yeah. It's the guys that are, like, just watching the footy and they're being like, hmm. Yeah. If I've, I I've seen hands, that on TV. They recommend that I all the time. Harmless. I grab that shrimp and, shrimp and prawn pizza on my way, or prawn and salmon pizza on my way home, too. Why not? Yep. Um, all right, Tony, that was a good, that was a good, uh, t 10 minutes of grossing everyone out. Um, welcome to the show. We will eventually talk about non, non shit and piss type items. Actually, why don't we move directly into our discord? Um, and our, our discord is, uh, has been pretty exciting this week. We've had some fun in there. Uh, um, 
some people posting some of their fun beers. Uh, I did want to give a quick shout out to uh, uh, Cascade, our friend Cascade Dank for posting um, actually something I was kind of jealous of. He's drinking, he's drinking in the cathedral today. Looks pretty cool. I would love to check that out. I don't know exactly for what purpose or what the like um, event or what, what this actually is, if this is a pub or something or a beer garden, but it looks really fun. And I would, uh, I would love to check this out. Um, uh, also a shout out, uh, to our friend, uh, uh, W Tids, uh, who is drinking, who was drinking some VSOJ the other day, making me jealous. Damn you, you know, don't do that to me. Uh, <laughs> it's brutal. So Tony, we wanted to talk about something important that I posted yesterday. Yep. Um, which was, uh, that I, I I don't know I ran into this on Twitter so let me let me find this here I ran into this on Twitter oh yeah uh, I, from the Canberra Times a notorious Melbourne Porsche driver Richard Pussy Pussy will like, walk free like Pussy Richard Pussy will walk free after pleading guilty to multiple charges so uh, I said Tony you got to get Dick Pussy on the show I would love to talk to Dick Pussy he told me to go a- and get fucked. He called me. He a told cunt. you to go. Okay. Well. Oh no. This from a man who was a uh, legalized loan shark, and then um, the reason why he's got these charges is he was driving higher on ice and um, was doing about 180 kilometers an hour in his Porsche, which is 110, 120 miles an hour on the freeway, way above the 60-mile-an-hour limit that we've got. Oh, no. Okay. Um, police uh, pulled him over, and during that um, that stop, the police were actually killed by a truck driver who ran them over. Oh, no. Richard Poussey oh, no. then decided to videotape himself and these four dying cops and calling them cunts for um, making him late with his sushi. Getting home. <laughs> that is yes. real. This guy oh, is no. the most hated man in Melbourne, more than the truck driver who was also high on drugs that killed the cops. Um, Jesus. He is, he is the definition of a psychopath, not a sociopath. This man was born this way. This guy didn't learn it. He is completely self-absorbed. His track record is huge um, of just, thinking the world revolves around him. Um, he is a horrid hey, individual. We all know, and this we is all a, know the world is only, everything that happens in the world is about Dick and Poussey. So, I mean, yeah. I can see how. I just want to say that picture that the Canberra Times have used is an outstanding picture because it looks like he's a member of a Brit pop, Brit pop band mixed with an ultra-Orthodox Jew. It is an amazing picture. Yeah, he does have sort of a Hasidic look about him. It is very strange. Um, well, I stand by my uh, desire. I would love to. I, you know what? I tried. The only dick. We can only get two dicks on this show, and it's the same ones every week. I would. I would love to see if we could dig up one more. Well, it's a real bonus in that. In that case, it's three dicks and a pussy, or a pussy. <laughs> Sounds like every party I've ever been to. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, also wanted to t- uh, resolve some issues we discussed last week regarding the mini pies and the Fuller's flight. 
which I um, have expressed desire to have, and I stand by this. Now, I have a problem um, with the idea of mini pies. As an Australian who has... You just want three full size. You're just going balls out, you know. No. In Australia, we have embraced the pies fully in the way God intended. Delicious gravy inside the pie, um, perfectly designed to be held in your hand and eaten at a game. That's what they're designed sure. for. Yep. Pies this side should not be called mini pies. They should be called what they are, and that is party pies. Okay. Sure. It's, it's an Australian term, and I think it's a far better term for what they are. You have multiple sure. of them. You have a party with your party pies. There's there's some dispute over things like that here, too. We have a tavern cut pizza, which is what I used to call it um, in Chicago, the square cut. But the uh, more common, commonly known phrase is party cut, party cut pizza, because you can pick it up easy and sort of mill about with your little square piece of pizza. Yeah, and that's um, that's the advantage of a party pie. You you don't want to be risking a full pie collapsing on you. Party no, pie is, is two bites. Perfect. So so Nick Nick gave us an explanation, Nick, our resident. Um, he didn't request the title of, of food and beer historian, but he sort of just is being passed on with that. You will just be getting that title. Thank you, Nick. Um Said there are strange folk in London with their own oddball foods. The one that Griff said, chicken gravy with herbs. So that is, if, if anyone has looked at this picture, there is a little tin of sort of a light colored gravy with chopped, I would say, parsley in there. Um, he says this is actually part pie and liquor, uh, which is a parsley-based abomination sometimes served alongside jellied eels. Jeez, I thought all these fucking ivermectin guys were... Crapping out some jelly deals. Um, by the way, if I went to a place that served jelly deals in England, there's just I would absolutely eat them. I don't care. Whatever. I would try it. I'll try. I'll eat anything. No, I'm a trash pit. Um, so whatever. This I listen. If you're going to make a parsley based sauce, make a chimichurri gang. That's what I say. Absolutely, um, you are correct there. This looks a little. This looks a little goopy for my taste, but I would try it. I'm a, I'm a sucker. Now, he says that's not for him. That's all right. Um. I probably wouldn't be for me either, but I got to try it once. Uh, the one thought to be butter. So there's a canal. Well, to use the fancy term, there is a canal of some of a very yellow looking um, substance. Uh, uh, substance that is smooth in nature. Showing you thinks almost. That's mashed, yeah, he thinks that's mashed potato. I could believe that. There's enough butter probably in those mashed potatoes that you would turn it a color. And the thing I have to remind myself is that butter in every other country but here looks more like butter did 25 years ago, which is it's uh, yellow. Um, uh, butter, butter here yellow? is very, it's very faint. It is a, ve- it is a very faint yellow here. I, I, um, American butter is very white. It's very much closer to white than it is to a yellow like this. Wow. Um, our butter, our, our butter here sucks ass. It's really, really bad. It's really not enough fat content in the butter here. That's why you got to buy Danish butter or Irish butter to make like a good cookie because yep. you're not going to be able to cut it with a shitty uh, um, American butter. Now, I will say, so, even in Australia, I'm a fan of the cultured Danish butter that um, mm-hmm. is fairly available worldwide. Delicious. Right. Or French butter. French butter also get very fatty. Um, so uh, that's mashed potato. That makes sense to me. Then they have this brown gravy. I, I think I must have gotten that right. Um, 
it is brown and it is gravy. So I think I yep. hit, hit that one on the head. Um, Cockneys are famous for pie and mash shops. People in the north of England have their pies with chips, mushy peas, and regular brown gravy. I've had both, um, or even both of the same meal, in fact, oddly enough, chips and mash. Um, and I didn't Google Wigan kebab. I, I should have. But uh, so he explained that pretty well. Um, these still look good to me. I would try jelly deals. I don't know why. It, I, maybe there are some jelly deals somewhere. Or they're in a pie somewhere. I don't know. But um, I would try this because, uh, listen, I'm a sucker. Now, the one thing that bugged me. Oh, he has the menu here, too. So the one thing that bugged me is that this was 15 pounds, 95. Which would make it about $22. Actually, that's good. That's what I said. I was right. That's pretty good compared to what you might pay here because you get three. Looks like you probably, I would call those six ounce pours, Tony. Would you think that's fair? Uh, let me go back to Discord because I, I was doing show research. Oh, well, thank you. But um, <laughs> those are probably six ounce pours, I would say. Yeah, so they go ounce- right through to the bottom. Maybe they're an eight ounce pour. It might be. So I'm saying you're getting between 18 and 24 ounces of beer. You're getting three pies. You're getting the mash. You're getting the two gravies um, for $22, essentially, 15, 15, 16 pounds British. You could do way worse here in Vegas, for sure, and in Chicago, for that matter. Um, But uh, that said, I think I would probably just get the lamb and mushroom one, because that's really what I want, is the lamb and mushroom pie a big pile of chips and a pint of ESB and I'd probably be fine. And it probably cost me more, but whatever. Now you need to do some research right here live on air. You need to look up what a Wigan kebab is. Dude, you are missing out. Fuck your jelly eel. Give me a Wigan kebab. That thing, why has not it broken? Why hasn't it broken in America as fair food? (laughs) It's a pot pie sandwich. It is. It's a pie sandwich. It's a brioche bun. Uh, So you can put any pie you want in there. You can use any bun you want to. I did see a brioche one. Okay, you can just stuff a hamburger bun. This person just stuffed it. It looks like a Swanson chicken pot pie shoved into into an Aldi hamburger roll, which is pretty good. I see someone here has a fruit pot, has an apple pie in the middle of theirs. That's the dessert version. (laughs) All right. Um, here's a restaurant that did it. Now the restaurant version looks pretty good. They use more of like what I would call like a English muffin or something along those lines with a little less bread and then piled it up with pickled onions and put some mash on the bottom of it. I'm kind of into that. That looks pretty good. Um, this is some funny shit right here. That's, that's awesome. Question to you when you've had fish and chips in places where fish and chips is a regular thing where they have their own shop i'm sure you've had it in england at a at a chip mm-hmm. do you go for the um the add-ons with your pickled onions and your pickled eggs if you're willing to try jelly deal i'm sure you've tried the pickled onions and the pickled egg yeah i mean i like all that pickled stuff yeah i like pickled egg um now uh, we have pickled eggs here we can eat yep. pickled eggs all day here um actually there's actually silver stamp makes <laughs> of reasons that place kicks ass but um yeah all that stuff i don't think i added it all on when we went we went when we went overseas to the uk i was a little less financially uh mobile solvent solvent yep. we'll, we'll say <laughs> um uh it we were fine but it was just like i i wasn't looking now 
I'm not wealthy or anything, but now adding on five bucks for some stupid shit, you know, I'll just do it. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. Throw it at me. Because I, I wanted to say that the final, the finest pickled onions I think you can get in Australia happen to be available from fish and chip shops in the big yeah. ass jar. They take your breath yeah. away. They are super vinegary. They mm-hmm. pair perfectly with with the fattiness of fish yep. and chips. They are just the perfect pairing. I don't know whether Nick agrees with me there. And certainly um, our friend that is um, drinking beers in the cathedral, he would have an opinion on this as well, that um, that I believe that the finest pickled onions you can get are a good old-fashioned white pickled onion from a fish and chip shop. My, my very lazy persons, and, and having only spent a few days in, in you know, uh, England proper, uh, is that one of my – the thing I think about the most that I want to eat – the most, and I love fish and chips, but I can get, a, oh, I know somebody, Nick's going to yell at me, but there is an, my favorite fish and chips is still at Owen and Engine in Chicago. It's just so fucking good. <laughs> it's so, it's so good. And it's just, it, I'm sure maybe I just didn't go to the right place. I know, but Owen and Engine, it's, they're real British people. They really know what they're doing. They make a really good fish and chip. But the th- the dish I still think about is curry chips oh that's all that's what i want all the time every time i have the slightest hangover i'm like god damn i want curry chips so bad (laughs) i just want them doused in that shit man i love that stuff just the whatever the cheap the pub curry piled on some nice chips damn that's all i want at all times so now you make me it feels like you could eat that for us now you're making me miss Another pub classic in Australia, not not uniquely Australian because it's just chips and gravy at the end of the day, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like pub gravy made with real pan scrapings from the roast of the yep. day, a pint yep. and some trivia. Oh, perfect. What a day. Yeah. We'll get it back someday. Once We either will give up and we'll give, get it back or something good will happen. Probably the first one. Talk um, about giving up. Right. Let's talk about Mountain Dew. They're giving all up. All right. <laughs> All credibility. About, about who? Mountain Jew. Oh, Mountain. <laughs> Sounds like you're saying Mount, Mountain Jew. I'm having a hard time parsing that. Um, all right. I've only heard Tony talk 3,000 times at this point, so I guess I'm still struggling. Um, yeah, we got a, a nice, uh, helpful post from our friend uh, Corey here um, from our the gang over at Food and Wine. Um Got to got to get got to shout out the source, of course. Um, about a new item coming to the U.S. store shelves. It is Mountain Dew, flaming hot. Now you say shelves, uh, but it's only coming to one shelf at one store, and that is, of course, uh-huh. the juice store with the D. Oh, I don't want you to. Okay. Miss oh, me. it will be. Oh no! All right. So here we go. Yeah, the oh boy. Um, all right. So Pepsi and Frito Lay announced a crossover. Uh, they, now Pepsi owns Frito Lay, which is something that's important to, to realize. Um, so yeah, they will have it at the Dew Store, which is an online marketplace where Dew doers can buy Hawaiian shirts and skate decks, among other branded products. So all right. So this goes out September fourth. This is going to go so fast, isn't it? Yep. Um, so this is. It doesn't really say. So this says it's um, our most one of our most provocative beverages yet, and we're excited for Do Nation to taste the unique blend of spicy and classic sweet citrus flavor 
of Mountain Dew. So I'm not sure if this means that it's going to be, it's, is it just Flamin' Hot Spice? Is there a corn component to this? What I will um, say, I don't really know. From the, the store, shipping the 31st of this month, so 831 is when it, when it ships. Mountain Dew created the first ever beverage com- combining the sweet citrus flavour of Dew with the spicy kicked up flavour of Flamin' Hot okay. for the most extreme taste experience yet. Enjoy the exclusive Dew while supplies last. A week from, so about a week, five days from when this comes out, yep. I can get on there now you and try are to buy it. Limited to two cases per order. Yeah, what? How much do I have to buy? Is the question to ask. Does it say like what the minimum is? A six pack is twelve dollars. You were right, somebody. I, I mean, that's expensive, but I'll buy it for a six pack. I know some somebody who has spur of the moment spent fifty dollars on one stout. On yeah, no, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I didn't say I wasn't going to buy it. Yeah, it says that. And good news, I just checked. They can ship to my area. Yes. Nice. Perfect. Yeah, no problem here. Let me just sign up for the do store emails to remind myself. Um, perfect. Oh, I have to agree to the terms. No. Um, so I'm, I'm ready. Let's see if I can get up early enough to get my hands on this shit. Um, and I will drink it. And I will also buy the do onesie. Just kidding. It's $85. Um, what, what else should I get, Tony? Should I get this shit is expensive, bro. <laughs> it's almost like this set up, you know, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew body pillow, $100. Oh, I uh, think you need the carrying cooler. That looks pretty sweet. The carrying cooler. Make Mount, here's a shirt that says make Mountain Dew Baja Blast available in stores all the time. I don't, I don't well, totally just disagree fucking... with that sentiment. You have to go to Taco Bell to get it. That's the problem with Baja Blast. You have to get it at Taco Bell. Um, I could get some soul, two pairs of socks for $32, Tony. I could get a bucket hat for $25. No. I'm not feeling... I was kind of tempted to get a piece of merch just to the commemorate my experience. You, but... I could imagine you rocking the do yeah. the yeah. Jew. Belt yep. buckle around Las Vegas. Yeah. Howdy, partners. I got my fucking Baja Blast out of my Taco Bell cup. Um, damn, this shit's fucking expensive, dude. I'm very depressed about this. <laughs> Capitalism, baby. Capitalism. It works all the time. Baja, Baja Blast beach towel, $40. Good now, Lord. I have no doubt that this drink is going to be an abomination. It's going to be oh, really, yeah, truly nasty. awful. But I will give a huge heads up to whoever designed the can. Well, the top 50% of the can looks generic. That little flame at the bottom is fucking awesome. That is an absolute killer can. Huge fan of the uh, design and graphic design. Um, Who knew that a a company as big as um, Pepsi would have a graphics design team with a little bit of talent in it? Yeah, who would have thought? And if you guys get your hands on this, let me know. If I don't, um, I, I'll be pinging you guys to try to get my hands on a can. So uh, let's see if we can get if we can get me to drink this shit. Then I will be uh, 
I'll be happy about it, and I'll prep my ass. I'll, I'll be. I'm going to have worms. I think after this thing. So we'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> that that. Oh, what a partnership! Here we go. Ivermectin meets PepsiCo. <laughs> what a partnership! This thing in my ass. Uh, <laughs> can't wait to have it. Um, all right, Tony. I think that's uh, enough on the Discord side, but you guys can get on on the conversation, on the party, on the fun. Um, we will do something live soon, I promise. It's just a little tricky right now, um, not being an, an asshole uh, and trying to organize all the various things going on in my life, including my car is self-immolating, apparently, um, supposedly, because my car has already been recalled. Oh, nice. Uh, merely, merely a week into ownership. So, very cool. And uh, the uh, also trying to unload my house on uh, some very nice people smack. who, well, they're going to be, very, I'm the unsuspecting schmuck, I think, because it looks amazing. So uh, hopefully that that is all over and I can get on with the normal things like drinking uh, poison uh, sodas and um, whatever else it is that I'm doing and hanging out with you guys on, on the internet. So we'll do that. But if you want to join the discord, get on Instagram, send us a note. We're Beer Engine Show on, or sorry, Beer Engine Pod on Instagram, <laughs> or email us for Beer Engine Show at gmail.com, and we will add you, and you can come chit chat with us. Always a good time. Uh, Tony, uh, you you did put something here that says listener gifts, and I would like to hear more about that. It looks like, based on what we see in the Discord, that you got yourself a little treat from our friend Nick. I did. Uh, why don't you tell us about what you got here, um, Nick? Because Victorian was going into lockdown, he decided, it, or he decided to gift me a six pack of beer. And for whatever reason, just being a generous individual that Nick is, Nick is one of the uh, most generous people I know. Um, I've met Nick a couple of times: once on my turf, once on his turf in Melbourne. Um, just a, a top guy, and he got me a six pack of German beer. Some oh, of yeah. the beers I've had before, um, some of the beers I haven't. It's going to be um, an enjoyable six pack. There are some uh, Bro, beers there's that some I killers in here, right? Yes, yeah. I've had the Kolsch before. Absolute killer. Yes, uh, Fru Kolsch. Yep. Um, Fru. Of course, uh, Fine Stefana. Their pills always good. A plus. Um, but I'm really excited to try. The Saison, the idea of, um, I think it's a German brewery doing a Saison rather than a Belgian brewery. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, and it's wrapped in paper, which is super cool. You don't see many beers wrapped in paper. Durant, right? Isn't that, that's, that's the ones that often um, you'll find, you'll find it wrapped in paper. So I'm checking the insole. Saison, Insel Saison. Um, yeah, this is definitely a German brewery. I'm not sure from which part of Germany. Could very well be in the, you know, I don't know, one, along whatever one of the rivers that borders Belgium. It, mm. In the Pahotenland, I don't know. <laughs> um, there's a, That wouldn't make any sense, actually. The, this beer looks awesome. Uh, just the pictures of it look Awesome. I'm seeing some floaties in some of these. That's cool. I'm, I'm thinking you're about to get a classic Saison. Some serious bluff on this beer. You're about to be in. You're in for some. You're, you're, you're headed to Flavortown 
as Guy Fieri would say. <laughs> now, just looking up on their website, which is not in English, perhaps if I change it to English, I can understand what they're actually saying about this beer. Let's let's try that. Here we go. Um, it's fruity, spicy, and dry, according to them. Amber colour, which is interesting for a saison, rather than pale straw. And Belgian and French style. So maybe it isn't the um, classic saison Dupont, but more the the French style, which I'm sure you've had the French style of saison. Should be this really is interesting. At, okay, well, I want to go to this place right now. Um, this place is at the very tippy tip top of Germany. Um, it is on an island that offshoots. It's a, the island is called Rügen. Um, it offshoots from the north east of the German mainland. It is closer to Copenhagen than it is to, or at least equidistant from Copenhagen and Berlin, as the crow flies as anyways. Um, you would have to uh, swim across like uh, some water to, to get to there. But, um, And I'm actually looking at pictures of where this place is and where it's brewed, and dude, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> And they have all this age saison in there, in there, bro. All right, I want to check this out. So, all right, new bucket list place to go is this place. They're doing some distilling too. Maybe they're making some schnapps or something. Pretty cool, Tony. And I see you have some Schlenkerla as well. Of course, uh, looks like you have. Looks like that's the Faustin beer, if I'm not mistaken. And you've had that version of Schlenkerla because you've had a lot of Schlenkerla in your time. That's the one that uh, monks would, would drink four of and not eat all day. That was the fast beer. So they drink four, four of them bad boys, and uh, that's, their, that's their eating for all of Lent. Um, quite the day. You've got to be feeling a hard buzz. I mean, that thing's got to be eight, eight and a half percent. So you're going to get a nice dose of malt and a nice dose of smoke off that thing. It's a delicious beer. Sure. I love a ham sandwich in a can. I drank that beer, Tony, out of a gravity-fed wooden barrel at the Bavarian Lodge in, in a place you've been yeah. in Lyle, Illinois. So they used to give, they used to put a big wooden barrel of it on the bar that got delivered direct from the brewery and pour it out for you. That was life. Um, so that's cool. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, thank you, Nick, for that. Um, and and if you guys. Want to send Tony beer? Well, I hope you're in Australia because it will be very expensive. Um, but if you really want to, just give me a shout and we'll, we'll figure out a way to make it happen. Um, one, one more thing I wanted to bring up. Um, so, uh, Tony, I was going gambling this weekend, as I am one to do. So did this involve money or you were just going out in public, so therefore you were gambling with your health? Both. Yep. I was doing both. Um, so I, I visited a brewery and I do like to report on this stuff when I, when I come out here and I visited a place called Barley's uh, here in Las you Vegas. I'm Bally's. sure it's not, not Bally's, unfortunately. Oh. Well, fortunately, because Bally's is going to be way more crowded and annoying than this. Uh, I went to Barley's, Barley's Brewery and Casino, a, uh, a classic Las Vegas area joint i guess i don't know it's it's along sunset road there um this is maybe the first place i've been that i would call a brewery it's a casino that is a brewery and not a brewery that's in a casino if that makes sense 
Gotcha. Um, this this is one of the oddest places I've ever been. Uh, it's there's a brewery in there, and there, you can see the tanks and everything. Looks like a relatively modern brewery. This place has got to be 35 years old. And uh, the, there's this very weathered casino in there. There's no tables, so there's all big, big banks of slot machines. There's a cashier. There's like a. It looks like a cafeteria dining area maybe like a tray where you get like a tray and you pick some food off of it and then there's a bar that's like tucked in the back so we went back in the bar i had to try some of these beers these beers are insanely low rated tony <laughs> um 3.0s 3.1s your 2.9s mixed in there um i drank an amber ale which was not very good uh, Tony, uh kelly kelly had an imperial blonde ale which was Really not good. An Imperial and, Blonde Ale? What the fuck? I don't think she knew it was going to be Imperial because it just said Honey Blonde on it, and then it ended up being a 7.5% Blonde Ale. So it was like a Blonde Bach or something. It's very strong. Um, very sweet. And then I had a, I had a Hefeweizen, which was actually at least respective of the style. Like, it was... It tasted like a Hefeweizen. So that's good. It was fine. And Kelly had a regular blonde ale, which was all right, too. And I won $100. I got to recommend this place, Tony. Even though the beers are not amazing, you can drink whatever you want there. It's a station property, so um, they'll just give you whatever you want to drink. You can just just drink fucking Maker's Mark on the rocks for free. They don't care. Whatever. I know Maker's Mark isn't super high-end bourbon, but it's good enough for free. It is. Um, And you can just uh, chill out there, and I, I mean... I did pretty well. I won a hundred bucks. Kelly won a little money. Um, it was a good time. So I recommend it. The beers are very average. You got to see it. It's one of the hardest places to describe I've ever been. I took a couple pictures and threw them on the, on the, um, on the discord. It's just a very bizarre place, but that's sort of the extent of my brewery visits. These days are going to these kind of strange places like this. Um, that's not true. We have a couple of nice breweries here in Henderson, but uh, this place is very odd, and I love it, and I want to want to give it a shout. The beer menu I posted as well. It's a beer menu straight out of 1987. Uh, very bizarre. So, shout out to Barley's. Tony, when you're here, we got to go there. We do, and we've got to have, because I, I think this was one of the first, um, I don't want to say craft beers, but I think it was, and I don't even think it was brewed on premises, because I don't know where we were. We were near a motel Eight, and there was a casino. Motel six. Motel six. Um, so you were at Ellis Island. Yes, we were, and they had a hefeweizen um, served with an orange, of course. Very yep. Nineteen nineties. <laughs> I really thought you would have gone for the Boulder Gold hefeweizen available here, which is just going to be a throwback beer, and yep, I don't think in the best possible way. I don't think it's going to be good. Oh, the half at Barley's was decent. Um, Ellis Island just sort of like grew and expanded. They, they, um, not their brewery. They have this big, like they call it the front yard. They have this big new construction with TVs and stuff that's supposed to be kind of fun. So I might have to check that out too. But, um, yeah, Ellis Island is a classic. I remember going there uh, for the like six ninety nine steak dinner, seven ninety nine steak dinner with a beer, yep. or whatever the hell it was. It's was a classic thing to do. All right, Tony. 
uh, enough bullshitting. That's our Discord stuff. Uh, get on there, you guys. You know, email us, Instagram us. We'll uh, we'll chill out there. You can see some of these stories happening real. To some of the disasters happening real time, rather than hearing about them a few days later. God knows the delay is painful. <laughs> Tony, we've been drinking beers this week. Let's talk about them. These are the beers of the week. And hit that drop. Tony, what are you drinking? Give me, give me some. Uh, give my voice a break. I'm sick of talking. Okay, let's give your voice a break. It's actually a beer I spoke about last week. Mm. It cost me thirty five dollars, which in grift money is is play money for beer. And this was a, yeah. I think it's a three thirty bottle. It's not a big bottle. It was Jumping the Shark by Moondog, a twelve point nine percent Imperial Stout, the twenty twenty one version. Um, let me look up how I described it to a buddy of mine who um, I think also got his hands on some. Um, it, it was amazing. It was right up Griff's alley. Uh, All right. Let's look it up. Uh, oh, God. All right. Yeah, he's, he's got it. Yep. He's got it. That was me trying to stall while trying to give Griff a break with his voice. It's like rum-soaked cherries covered in chocolate dusted with coconut. Oh, damn. That sounds good. I'm not a crazy – you know, I'm not crazy about the rum taste, but I but I think I could get into this. Yeah. I will say that because it was aged in the clay barrels, it did take that, that sort of harsh rummy edge off the beer. Okay. And it it sort right. of balanced out more than some of the – the um, rum barrels actually do. Some of them just taste like you're drinking a, an Imperial Stout with a shot of rum in it, which I'm a big sure. fan of. I, I like rum. Um, but this was more well-rounded than that. Um, cherries came through and the coconut, you'll be happy to know, really did push forward. And it wasn't yes. a coconut beer per se, but it, it – they. You can tell there was coconut. I got myself another bottle of this. I will be drinking it within two to three weeks because I do think this is a beer that will drop off and change quite dramatically. And yeah. while it might change yeah. for the better, I actually think it's at its peak now. So why not drink it relatively quickly when those cherry flavours are there? And certainly Berry is those, volatile, yeah. Those, those, those coconut flavours are there, the, the two flavours that I think could die out well before the rum dies out. Makes sense, Tony. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So uh, I'll, I'll hit you with a stout too, Tony. This is called Cloud Breaker One. If, of course, it's from Horus. Broke up, broke into the Horus stash this week. Uh, a little 12 ounce for this guy. It is a non-adjunct stout. Holy shit. Non-adjunct stout from Horus. What the fuck? Aged, aged 14 months in George T. Stag bourbon barrels. That's some high-end bourbon you got right there. You know what? They're hitting the they're hitting the dot on these uh, on these um, on these barrel aged non adjunct stouts. They're starting to hit the target. This was on point. Another one with a very distinctive, unique tasting bourbon flavor that was discernible. Some nice, like sort of 
certainly alcohol burn or, or whatever you want to call that fusel notes, as they would say. Um, I thought there was some good stuff in this and the rating is insane for this, Tony. You got to guess this rating. This beer has 47 ratings only. I know. And 51 total check-ins, but Tony, you got to guess the rating that this beer is getting. Well, if jumping the shark was um, 4.22, which actually jumped higher after I rated it five stars, I've got to say, America tend to rate their their big stouts a lot higher. This is a crowd that wants to wants to know that they're paying for for quality, so they will rate things highly. Um, I think this is four point seven eight, which I know you hit it. You nailed it. You hit it on the dot, Tony. No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Tony. Tony hits the target. Uh, couldn't couldn't uh, couldn't have come any closer. Tony hits it on the dot. Four point seven eight for Cloudbreaker one, and I don't disagree. I thought this was a five star beer for me. I had no complaints here. So now, big big fan of this. Really good. I know we discussed this slightly last week, but why are you not a fa- a, a fan of rum beers when you're a fan of bourbon beers? To me. While those flavours are not the same, they're in the same ballpark a lot of the time. Is it just a, a balanced thing that rum is too I, dominant? or I think it's a technique thing. I think people aren't – I think I just think we haven't been very good at doing rum barrel beers yet. Um, I think I've been turned off by some bad examples. There's no reason to think it can't be good. But I've just had too many of them that taste like they were – they had a shot of Captain Port in them. Yep. And that sound that's bad. All right, it's too it's too much burn. It tastes like drinking a shot of rum, and that's gross. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will say there was there was very little burn in in this beer. That yeah. that fusel thing was was sure. tamed right down, and it was super silky mouthfeel. It was just if you make a good beer and blend it right, then you'll probably be fine, right? I mean, yep. but if you just dump it out and you're like mm, burning rum. You know, you're probably in trouble. I would also say that my, I mean, I don't have a deep understanding of bourbon. I'm not going to act like I'm certain sort of extreme bourbon enthusiast, but I do like drinking it and I drink it much more often than I have rum and I drink it neat often, you know, so I have an understanding of those, that flavor profile and the differences that you can get between different types. My rum experience is like, nil so i had a friend i have a i have a good friend who became very enthusiastic uh, enthusiastic about uh aged rum and he would try lots of different aged rums he had sort of a knowledge of the different types and the different techniques and the the different profiles of them and i always thought that was so unusual um but it i mean it's no different for bourbon right it's just a different you know distill it distill it I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that's fine. You know, I um, I I just uh, I I don't have quite the understanding, so I sort of need more of a handhold to tell me like you're not just drinking Bacardi silver <laughs> straight. You know, because <laughs> it did it, it. A lot of the ones I had would burn quite a bit. Um, now that said, if I have the right good ones, I might start to lean back into it. Um, Odell made a good one that had rum barrel age. It was like a some sort of pirate themed something or other stout that I really enjoyed. So I might, uh, maybe I can get back on that train. Yeah. And I think, I think the prevalence of rum in Australia is much, 
it's it's sort of used to run neck and neck with bourbon. I'm not sure whether it still does, but we've got our biggest distillery in Australia is purely a rum distillery, and that is in in far north right. Queensland, of course, where the home of Australian sugarcane is, um, Bundaberg, and they oh, sure. they make regular drinking mixed with um, mixed with cola type run their standard one. Yeah. They do Cuba one. Libre. They do one that's um, aged in red gum barrels. So yeah. red gum being an Australian native gum. Um, gives a really unique taste. Not a fan of it myself, but but they push up into some more specialty territories. Their, their eight-year-old stuff um, gets really expensive. Their Solera gets up there. Um, eight-year-old but, stuff. Are they doing that one, the Asian ad on Little St. James or what? <laughs> little old for Little St. James, isn't it? Isn't that oh, yeah, around the six-year mark? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Uh, mm. All right. Uh, let's do this real quick, Tony. It's uh, the much beloved segment. It's Griff's Lager of the Week. Oh, of course. And <laughs> I like the idea of me singing this. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to say you sing it, that's for sure. All right. Griff's Lager of the Week this week. I, as always, um, it's not for once. Okay. As always, it's presented by Freem pills because it's what I was drinking, but it's not Freem pills this week. It's a new lager. Tony, I am going super non trad on this. Um, you're going to go nuts about this one. This is a, this is called super Hellas from <laughs> Nicolas, San Diego. Okay. It's, it's a 4.8% Hellas lager. And Tony, here you go. You're going to, you're about to lose your mind about this from a tra- traditional Hella style lager world. All right, this is dry hopped with galaxy already. Brain melt. And lagered in superstition mead barrels. So this was lagered in emptied barrels that held mead. Um so it was pretty wild and I really liked it, but it was very, very galaxy forward. And definitely had a little tropical note. I don't know how much mead I got out of it. Um, maybe that just delivered some more of those like berry or citrus flavors that you get out of the galaxy. But I really enjoyed this beer. Um, it was really good. It drank pretty easy um, for, for something this uh, kind of complex. Uh, definitely refreshing. Definitely complex. I'm a big fan of this. I don't I don't know. A four-pack of this probably cost $19. So I don't know if I'd ever buy a four-pack. It came in my beer mail. So. Yep. I was fine with that, but uh, it was uh, it was a really really good really good beer. So really unusual, um, and I, I dig that galaxy, you know, flavor in pretty much anything. I'm just a sucker for it. Yeah, a few years ago we had an Australian pilsner. They called it where they were using galaxy to dry hop the hell out of it, and it was also right. um, in in the rest of it. I think it was a single hop um, pilsner. They were calling it again. I don't know why we just can't call these things lager. It's not a super hellas. What the fuck is a super hellas when when you're aging it? I think it's just a hellas lager. I think the name of the beer is super hellas. Yeah. Um, they just gave it a funny name. But, yeah, it's but, not a bock or anything. But is it really a hellas when it's that hot forward? 
Because it sounds like it's, no, it's probably not. Forward. Probably not. Which is why I was saying I'm not sure if this is Hellas Lager. Yeah. Um, it's it's very hoppy. And it's very distinctly hoppy. Look, I get it from a marketing point of view. If we had our former guest on, he would be in full agreement with this. Don't get me wrong. A brewery's got to do what they've got to do to sell a product. It sounds delicious. Um, I just don't think it's Hellas, but it wouldn't stop me from drinking the the sucker. That's for sure. It really um, would be a great summer day beer or in Vegas yeah. 300 days out of the year or 330 yeah, days out of the year. 25 days, yeah, yeah, sure. I'm down for it. Let's get it. Uh, I'm not going to pay $20 for the four-pack. I don't know if it costs that much, but it, it sounds like it does. So that's the lager of the week. It, I went I went oppo. I have to get some more lager in my fridge, actually, Tony. I'm, I'm running low right now. I emptied out my frame. I uh, drank the one I got in at Tavor Box, which was a New Zealand Pills, which was also very good. That was from Elder Pine. That was tasting real nice, too. Why not call this a light New Zealand Pills? Wouldn't that be a better description? Maybe not a full-on, create a new style, light New Zealand Pills. Well, yeah, mead-aged, mead-barrel-aged New Zealand light pills lager, Hellas. (laughs) I'm in there. Fit it in there. It's fine. Don't enter this into GABF. You will not get any anything for it unless you enter it in like the unusual styles category or something. All right, Tony, let's move on. We're, we're busting through segments. We are getting work done. We are highly productive. Next up is uh, what is seemingly becoming a weekly seg. It's hyper shit news. Thank you. Very good. All right. First up, Tony. Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, are you familiar with Dunkin' Donuts, Tony? I am. I, I can remember when I was in Vegas. Downtown was one of the first locations in Vegas that opened up, and that it was, was. A, it was a, a a new hype thing. And I went there and was thoroughly disappointed. It sucks ass. Uh, it was. It's in the Fremont. Um, the Fremont. Boy, you could make us. You could make a coherent argument to say that the Fremont is now the worst, one of the worst downtown casinos. Um, I think Binion's still probably owns that right now. But um, is Binion's open again? The the casino is. Yeah, the oh. hotel is closed. Um, I thought they shut the casino for a time there as well. But boy, the Fremont is not look is worse for wear. We'll say it used to be one of the ones you kind of at least count on to be sort yeah. of tidy, but not looking good. Four Queens also under duress. I would say uh, in 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 de- in depression, <laughs> uh, they're struggling over there. But anyways, so Dunkin' Donuts in the, is in the beer game. I think a while back we might have talked about or people have seen that along with a fellow Boston Knights Harpoon, they had made, uh, you know, a Dunkin' Ice Coffee beer, some some dog shit. Um, now they're doing a Dunkin' Dozen Mix Pack, Tony. Uh, so you've got four new Harpoon Dunkin' flavors. Um, these are... Um, I actually don't know what style of beer these are. Well, actually, it does say what they are. Okay. So the two companies are launching uh, these... Okay, so they've already had the pumpkin spice latte ale. That already existed. That was the one they released already. And they've been making that for four years. Damn, crazy. All right. And this year they're launching three new beers. 
that are going to hit stores in September. Hopefully our East Coast representation can give these a shot. We have the Harpoon Duncan Blueberry Matcha IPA. Mm. No, what could be pass. better than matcha tea from Dunkin' Donuts? Uh, and um, a glass of water? The Harpoon Duncan Maple Creme Blonde Ale. I'm, mm. get, I'm going to go out on a limb, and the Imperial Blonde Ale that Kelly had, I think, will be more drinkable and more enjoyable than this Maple Creme Blonde Ale. Yep. And the Harpoon Duncan Midnight Imperial Porter. Now, the Duncan Midnight Imperial Porter says the brew is a riff on our classic Duncan Coffee Porter. So, what? This, the company says the brew is a riff on our classic Duncan Coffee Porter is brewed with... Duncan's. Duncan's new. We got to get the. We got to get your Ooh. PR team putting these releases out, Tony. Duncan's new midnight roast coffee. Boy, nothing like an even darker roast from Duncan. Just ash to high heavens. Uh, for some extra roasty aromatics, dark chocolate notes, and an espresso-like finish. So that's six percent. The the maple creme is five and a half percent. The blueberry matcha. IPA is six point six. That's the big boy. And the uh, the the Dunkin' Coffee, the pumpkin spice latte is uh, five point two percent. Cream ale. I don't know what this is. I guess it's another cream ale, like a cream ale type thing. So um, now, as much as I complimented PepsiCo on their branding for um, the flaming hot Mountain Dew, the branding on this is fucking ass. This is terrible. Um, yeah, I do not like it at all. I get what they were trying to do, but it doesn't read Dunkin' Donut to me outside of the box. The box kind of read Dunkin' Donuts, but the individual bees don't. Um, really, that's sort of the, the unique function of not really feeling like it belongs to either company. Yes, correct. You are absolutely correct. This is something that I will be avoiding like the play, not that it was going to be available in Australia, but the one that that fills me with the most fear is perhaps the most traditional of them all, and that is the Midnight American Porter. When they say an imperial... They, 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 like, Dunkin' Donuts and coffee is ass. I don't understand why the people raved about it. Like, Starbucks coffee isn't good, but at least it's not, like... yeah. As over roasted as as Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Yeah, it's not good. Um, I I don't know. I I would I would argue this though, Tony. This is a point I I don't, I don't think I've made before on this show, but um, that sometimes when you're putting coffee into beer, unless you're going for specific coffee flavors where you're going to use like a single origin, and you're saying I'm gonna you, I don't know how much it matters. Um, no, this is true. And, but they're using it in their marketing to say this is sort of Dunkin' Donuts yeah, flavoured sure. coffee. But you're right there. I, I, I know what you're saying because especially if you're doing cold side extraction, you can use back of the drawer 12-month-old 12 12 coffee and it's not going to make a huge difference because of the way alcohol extracts the flavour out of beer. Now, maybe they're, they're not doing that, but that would be my guess as well. And you'll get sort of that chocolate coffee thing that, that – alcohol extraction gives you 
Um, but I, I don't trust that this is going to be good. It's it's the beer no. that, that I think people will gravitate towards because it's the most traditional out of all of them. But I think because of that, it's actually the one that could fare the worst. I could see that. These all sound pretty bad. I, I would I would actually probably lean towards getting the coffee first because it sounds the least fucking nuts to me, at least. I kind of know what I'm going to get. But it may taste like total dog shit, and I wouldn't be surprised if it does. Um, all right, Tony. Uh, on to some other slightly more serious news. Not that serious, though, because it's kind of stupid. Um, and there's too many ads on this page, Tony, but there is investors, a lot of investors sue New Glarus Brewing... Glarus Brewing, we're familiar with them. Great brewery, classic, legendary U.S. brewery in in Wisconsin. Distributes only to Wisconsin. Spotted Cow, Raspberry Tart, Wisconsin Belgian Red, Moon Man, classics, all of them. But Tony, they're getting sued by some of their investors. And why? Well, some of the investors in New Glarus Brewing are suing the company's chief executive of keeping annual profits from them. Hmm. Uh, the investors, Karen Eikhoff, Steven Spear, and Roderick Runyon, contend that Deb Carey and her husband, Dan Carey, have bullied minority shareholders while misrepresenting and withholding information so the Carey family can gain more financial power. Uh, the lawsuit is alleges that Deb used the family profits to invest in outside projects um, that only they financially benefit from, from, including the formation of Sugar River Distillery. And uh, the Carries have disputed this. And, um, well, we can decide, I, I, you know, we report, you decide. Um, so this is what their lawyers said, this, the people suing, say that there's no doubt Deb and her husband have done a fantastic job in helping the business grow. Boy, tell me about it. And the plaintiffs in the case don't dispute that. They dispute that she is responsible and entitled to the benefits. So they built this whole thing up. They've been very successful. The original investments from this company are now worth $10 million. Original investments of $25,000 are now worth $10 million. I mean... Why would you sue? Why don't you just get bought out at this point? I mean, you're... Well, these investors sound like they're um, not happy with her practices during the um, pandemic. So, Deb, uh, who is a pretty well-respected person and is a very kind person and has been one of the biggest champions for brewery labour during the, you know, you know, waves hands wildly, everything going on... Um, with how bad labor has been in brewery and the rules for labor and the pay and all that other stuff. And uh, she said, I've made these people very wealthy and to have lies said is flat out stunning. That's true. She believes the investors filed the lawsuit in retaliation because she didn't lay off or cut any benefits for her 120 employees during the COVID pandemic. Uh, Carrie said when she told the investors during their June, 2021 meeting that she didn't apply for the federal paycheck protection program loans to offset the costs, they were upset, but she stands by that decision and won't be bullied as a nation. We are under duress and I knew the brewery was firm financially. We didn't need any government assistance and other people would. The bottom line being I could have made more money during COVID and I instead passed on government insistence and I kept people employed. 
So the plaintiffs didn't get as big of a dividend as they would have liked. I think that probably, I don't like to pick a side, but that, that sounds that feels pretty right, close yeah. to the mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like she hit the target. So um, that's pretty brutal that she just, I mean, all she did was tell the truth, but uh, that is, I mean, supposedly the truth, right? I guess I don't know, but yeah, I, uh, it feels like it's about, <laughs> it's about right. And she said in another article that I read that she's like, I'd be glad to buy him out. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, if if these people have really got a problem with them, well they can buy out Deb and her husband. I doubt they'd sell. Put together they enough can, money no. and <laughs> Yeah, but they or they could just take their twenty five thousand dollars they got and take their ten million it would take to buy them out because they would have to pay the ten million. Yep. Right? So wouldn't I mean what's that what's that that's a you know, twenty five it goes to a million four times forty uh, X yeah, pretty good, and you didn't even have to do anything. You sat around. <laughs> if I could get that to happen for me, I would love that. Um, hasn't worked out yet. All right, Tony, uh, it's time for a, for another version of our classic game uh, that I don't think we have a drop for yet. The one we don't have a drop for yet. It's a uh, it's another round of this or that. Plink plunk plink plunk 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 plunk. <laughs> This or that. All right. Thank you for that lovely drop, Tony. Sounds really good. And uh, this this edition, because of my trip to Barley's, which I said was a place that was unusual to me. Again, it wasn't a brewery in a casino. It was a casino that was a brewery. And, uh, you know, if they would throw a blackjack table in there, it would really put it over the top. But No blackjack uh, table. No, it's just, just slots. That's um, not a fucking no, casino. That's just a pokies venue. Now, but the thing is, though, so the other pokies places I've been only have bar top. This has, like, whole banks of, like, fucking kitty glitter and shit, you know? Yeah, like, that, that's how we roll in Australia. We don't do the bar thing. That, that's an American thing. Bars are for no. drinking. Slot machines See, in big banks that are all linked up with all the mini jackpots, all the lights I like, flashing. I like doubling up. I like, I like at the bar top. Drinking my, my drinking my uh, imperial honey blonde, feeling real bad about myself and uh, and losing or winning money in this case. So Tony, today I, I've decided to separate the universes, and I have ten names here. You've okay. been traditionally good at these types of games, but this is this one might be a little tricky. We'll see. We'll see if I get you on this one. These ten things are either either a brewery. Or a casino in the USA. Uh, in the USA. Oh, that, that's yeah. good. Because um, we know casinos in other parts of the world, the Grand Lisboa in China um, or Macau. Um, sure. Yeah, they, they get funky, the names overseas. The original, the, the good Monte Carlo. <laughs> in Las Vegas, you mean? Oh, you mean no, the, no. the one in Las Vegas, in, the in one Las Vegas, the, the, in, in Monaco. In Monaco, maybe. Yeah. Well, the one in Las Vegas is gone now, so now it's, oh. the, Park M, now it's the Park MGM. Oh, that's where the park is. No. Of course, I'm a big Formula One fan, so I do see that casino quite often. Well, at least oh, um, yeah, that's right. once a year because it goes right past the entrance to the uh, casino every year. Kelly's been, Kelly's been into it. She said it was like a gambling museum. Yeah, pretty much. They don't have, <laughs> don't have many uh, games going on. And fun fact about the uh, Monte Carlo Casino, if you're a local, 
you cannot gamble there. Oh yeah, that's right. And I, you know, one thing I love is that scene in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, where they're at the casino there in there. If you ever seen that, I have, but I've forgotten about that scene. And, I have to uh, go back and rewatch it. Freddie Freddie Benson with his fake paralyzed legs is getting wheeled in there in his <laughs> uniform or whatever. That was an underrated movie, gotta say. I love I love that movie. All right, Tony. Here we go. We got we got ten names. Five are casinos. I'm I'm giving you this away to you again. Five are casinos, five are breweries, as okay. usual. So here you go. Your first your first round option is this is called the Lucky Star. Oh, too generic to be a casino. I, I think this is this is yeah not a casino. What's my other option? Is it a beer or a brewery? It's only oh your options are a brewery or a casino. Okay, Lucky Star Brewing. It is. This is a brewery. This is a brew house. Tony, you are correct. Lucky Star Brewery is a brewery. <laughs> okay, Lucky Star is a brewery. Um, it's in Miamisburg, Ohio. Boy, that's not too far from Dayton, Ohio. Is that where uh, the um, Miami University from of Ohio or whatever that thing's called? Is that near I, that location? Miami, Miami University is in Athens, um, which is <laughs> uh, Athens, Ohio, not Greece, of course. Or even Athens fucking Georgia. Nope, neither of those. Yeah, Miami, Ohio is a very good university. Just for the yeah, record. it's a very highly ranked university. Um, and Ohio, I've been, I've been there. So. Have they ever thought of coming up with an original town name? It doesn't even have to be original. Just not like another city's yeah. name. <laughs> nah. Um, this the description of the brewery is really interesting. Uh, they do a lot of check-ins, a lot of beers, but the, the description of the brewery in Untapped just says brewing beer with repurposed equipment. 10 barrel brew house. Nice. I mean, I guess I appreciate that. It sounds kind of green. Uh, they're, they're all their beers combined 3.52 rating. That's actually not too bad for a small brewery like oh, that. Fun. Um, looks like they have some nice beers. Looks like they're running a cantina in this place too. That sounds good to me. I would go for some tacos and a little Vienna lager from this joint. Sounds mm-hmm. not too bad to me. So you got one, right? He's on the board already. Let's let's go for another one. This one's called Silver City, Tony. Silver City. Okay, we've got a casino, kind of mashes with the last one called Star City. It's um in Sydney, so I think this is a casino. I think casinos love to throw city onto the end of their name, make themselves bigger than what they are. All right, Tony. Tony says it's a casino, but Tony is wrong. This is a brewery. Silver City is a brewery from Bremerton, Washington. Uh, It is um, for most, here's their description. Their beers have very high rating, 3.77 average rating with 166,000 check-ins. 515 different beers have been checked in from these guys. These guys are fucking workhorses here. Um, This says that their descriptions uh, says that they are, well, it's very long. It's very long and describes how pretty it is up there. So it sounds good. It is the Kitsap Peninsula's premier destination for award-winning handcrafted beers, Northwest-inspired food, legendary hospitality, and great memories in a fun, friendly environment. It started in 1996. Beers look good. Some fun beers in here. Looks like they're they're 
you know, mixing in some haze these days. Um, so Silver City is a brewery and looks like a brewery I might want to visit. Looks like fun. So good for them. One for two for Tony. Uh, next up is, here we go. This one's called Red Red Garter. Red Garter. This could he do three beers in a row? Yes, I think he could. I can't see that being a casino. I could see that being a beer. I can sort of see the text. I can I can feel it. I'm I don't know why, but I'm gonna say beer. This is beer again. This is a brewery, you're saying? Yeah, brewery, sorry, not beer, brewery. Tony, this is a casino. <sighs> Whereabouts? This is a casino in a town that I drove through on our long trip in a town called Wendover, Nevada. Um, this town is on the border of two of the states. Uh, that are, I, Well, one, I'm in Nevada. What is the other state? Oh, it's Utah. So this town is at the northern border, the I-80 border of Utah and Nevada. So if you're coming from Tahoe across 80, you'll uh, you'll hit Wendover, which is just a town that pretty much exists because it's on the state border and you can gamble in it. Yep, so if you want to go from Utah into uh, into Nevada, you can gamble in this town. And drink reasonably so alcoholic beers because Utah have that, what, 4.2% right. rule? Well, it depends, but yeah. Um, but they have this Red Garter Casino. They had a Wendover Nugget, and there was a Pepper Mill Wendover, too, um, if I recall. But yeah, this is a casino. Um, it looks like a real place. Um, <laughs> 3.7 reviews. Some guests commented cleanliness and maintenance could be improved. <laughs> Some guests mentioned the bathrooms can be improved. Um, guests appreciate the friendly staff, and some guests said management could be improved. I'm just reading your reviews of this place. Um, so, yeah, it looks like kind of a strip mall-looking joint here. So um, that's fine. Red Garter, it's a casino. It's in Wendover. Not a place I would recommend you go unless you have to. So Tony's one for three. Next up, he has to deal with Canyon Creek. Canyon Creek. Oh, this one's tough, dude. This is really tough. I don't know where... One fits. I could see this being a beer, but Canyon Creek Casino. Ooh, yeah, that seems more likely. I can imagine putting a couple of dollars in the um, the uh, video poker casino. Tony, I knew this was going to be hard for you. Oh. It's Canyon Creek is a brewery. Canyon Creek is in Billings, Montana. The tricky part is that in the West here, all these things name themselves after some kind of landmark, vague, vague natural feature. That's yep. not even named after a landmark. It's just named after like a canyon and a creek. I don't, you know, I don't know which <laughs> one. You know, um, there's a bunch of these ones I have crossed out. Turning Stone. That was a good one. Red Cypress. You know, there's just like these. They're just nature things. So. Um, Billings, Montana for Can Montana, Montana, Phoenix, Arizona, um, Canyon Creek Brewing. They have 65 beers, 4,600 ratings, 3.7 rating overall. If you're in Montana, give it a, give it a look. 
a pills. They have a peach fuzz beer. They have some Hellas. There you go. One for four for Tony. He's struggling. If I get him early, I think I throw him. I think that's the problem. Yep. Here's the next one. This one's called Barton's Club 93. <laughs> this can't be a brewery at all. There's no way this can be a brewery. This has to be a casino, like a members-based casino, because otherwise, like, that's the name of an individual beer. Don't get me wrong. But as as a brewery, no way. This is a casino. One for five. I know it. You know it. I've got this wrong, I'm sure. No, you're right. It's a casino, Tony. You got that one right. I just thought it was a really funny name for a casino. Barton's Club 93 is in Jackpot, Nevada. Of course. Uh, Jackpot, Nevada is... um, See, I'm still learning my Nevada. Oh, it's up way north. It's at the Idaho border. Um, Way up there. Their picture... The picture for the town of Jackpot, Tony... Um, is uh, that if you go on Google Maps and type in Jackpot Nevada, the picture is a picture of some chicken fingies and fries. <laughs> Perfect. If you're wondering what there is to do in Jackpot Nevada, <laughs> eat some chicken tendies, baby. So this looks, uh, yep, Barton's Club 93, friendliest spot in Nevada. Looks like a real, looks like, it looks like a holodome, if you're familiar with the holodome or a holiday inn. With like the uh, that used to have the big central indoor pool with the big like the rooms. It looks like that got repurposed into a casino. So that sounds about um, right. And they have a very old website, and it doesn't work at all. So oh, uh, dine in our restaurant while you stay in Jackpot, Nevada. Okay, the restaurant is conveniently connected to both the hotel and casino. This is Hemingway or writing, I think, <laughs> just very compact. Walk a short distance down the hall from your room to get a delicious and filling meal for an excellent price. Visit Jackpot Nevada and enjoy our comfortable rooms and first-rate dining in our restaurant. Check out the various food options we have on you on our restaurant's menu, and there's no link. <laughs> so, check out Barton's Club 93. I think it's on Highway 93, um, if you're wondering, which runs right past my house. There you go. Just a stone's throw from you. Yeah. Just nine hours away, at least, for me to get here, I would say. Um, next up, Tony, we have for you the brass ass. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about what has to get installed after you rub too much ivermectin on your belly. Uh, I think this is a... Ooh, what do I think this is? What? Oh, I was gonna say casino. First instinct was casino. Then I can, I can see the beer label. I think it's coming out of a um, a cowboy state. I was gonna say southern, but I don't necessarily think southern. Again, this could be fucking Billings, Montana, or one of those places. But what is it? That's the question. That's the whole point of this game. I keep saying, what is, what is the answer? What to is this? it? <laughs> What is that? <laughs> Can you tell I'm stalling? I'm going to go. This is a casino with a roller coaster. For bonus points. Tony, it, Tony, it is a casino. I, I can't detect if they have a roller coaster. Um, you're right. It is a casino. It does. The logo is a, you know, a donkey. 
Ass, ass up, donkey. Tony, this the brass ass is Cripple Creek's oldest casino. Um, and I thought you might appreciate that. Just kidding. Being a band um, fan, of course. Right. That's right. Uh, so it offers live action blackjack, high five poker, craps, baccarat, and roulette 24 hours, seven days a week. You can come play for however long your heart desires. It may be the oldest casino in Cripple Creek, but we offer the most up-to-date video poker and slot machines, plus the largest selection of nickel slots of any casino in town. Uh, in So, yeah, Colorado, you can check out the Miner's Pick at the lower level. Great selection of specialty bevs and hot menu items. So, pretty good. I actually... Whatever. <laughs> brass, brass ass, Cripple Creek. I love reading about these casinos. They look like such dog shit. It's very good. So you got that right. Uh, next up, Tony, we have the the Black Diamond. Black Diamond? This sounds like a loyalty card, not a casino. <laughs> but this is, I think... I think I'm Black Diamond on American Airlines right now. Yeah, this this sounds like it could be a, a brewery from Florida, though. I don't know why I'm thinking Florida, but, yeah, I can see Black Diamond coming out of Florida. Yeah, give me give me brewery. All right, you're on a roll here, Tony. You're getting a few right. Black Diamond is a brewery. It's in California, though. Uh, Concord, California, home of the Blue Devils, for the three people who understand what I'm talking about. Uh, anyone. Whatever. Uh, Talking to the wrong person oh, there, buddy. I have bad news, though, Tony. I, oh, after I read the, no. f- the first sentence of the description, this brewery has closed. Oh, no. Uh, Black, Black Diamond Brewing opened its doors in 1994. Um, it had a 3.68 overall rating with 56,451 ratings. Um, and they're still getting check-ins as recently as July 22nd uh, of IPA. So I don't know when they closed. Hopefully it was within the last week yeah. <laughs> for this person who's drinking IPA. Um, so you got that one right, though. That's a brewery. Last couple here, Tony. Here's, um, here's a good one. This one's called the Lucky Bear. Lucky Bear. Oh, like, like, how do you market that if you're if you're a brewery? Lucky Bear Casino, the Luckies. It's probably a red herring, and this is why you've chosen it. But like Lucky Sam's, Lucky Luke's Casino, all these casinos I'm making up. They're not real places. Lucky Bear Casino. The Lucky Bear is a casino, Tony. You are correct. Lucky Bear is in Hoopa, Hoopa, California. Um, I believe it's a name that town names as such because of a um, Indian look. Sorry, a local. Oh, it is the Hoopa Valley Indians. So, I'm not going to feel bad about that. Uh, and so there's a it's a, it's a reservation casino. Um, Sure. Looks great. Lucky bear. Nothing about it here, really. Can't get any info about this casino. (laughs) 
just go to it. I don't know. If you're that desperate to gamble, it's there. Yep. And the last one, and I do have a bonus one for you, but I'll give you the last one that will be part of the game. Okay. Will be the one called the wild card. The wild card. Oh, dude. How have I even got any of these? Hey, you've done pretty good. Lucky Sevens IPA. Well, that has a ring to it. It's called Ladder Brewery as well. He's right. It's a Ooh. brewery. Yes. Wild Card is a brewery from Walthamstow, London. Um, so the casinos was, uh, were American based, but not. No, I didn't care about the breweries. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. I just needed to find breweries that had faintly casino sounding names, really. <laughs> Harder than you think it is, because you're just you know, on tap typing in things like card and gold and gem and silver. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool. And Tony, I got a quick bonus one for you. I want you to want to see what you think of this one. This one's called Emerald Queen. Emerald Queen. Is it both? If I'm going to have to choose one, that's the Emerald Queen cas- Casino. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's a casino. But and, I, uh, and it's in Louisiana. I did like that, I did like that name. It's in Washington, sorry. Oh. All right, Tony gets one, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of ten after a brutal start. He was one for four. He hit his last. Did you really get your last six right? Goodness gracious. What kind of hell is this? All right, so he gets he gets a lot of them right. Three, four, five, I think. Oh, he got six out of ten. Sorry, six out of ten. That's all right. I'll um, take that. That's that's still pretty good. So Tony, uh, another another big winner in this game. Although I think he just had to stay in the well, so he was maybe due. <laughs> I was maybe due, due for, for a release. victory. Yep. Yep. So I can stock uh, up on things. Got to get back on OnlyFans before they shut everything down, huh? They backed that off that. Drive in there. You'll be oh, happy to they? know they'll be back. They've backed Woo. off that. Woo. Gives me some, was, my, was a big source of income for me. <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. It was you know, I got got to satisfy the uh, the fans, the downloaders. You know. All right, Tony. I got nothing else. I think we've been discussing enough for this week. We uh, have any other. Anything else besides telling people where they can find us? They can, of course, find us on Untapped. Of course, you'll want to mainly check out Griff. He's Griff AD on Untapped. Don't know whether he can post his Flaming Hot Cheetos review, but no doubt he'll be posting the Dunkin' Donuts six-pack. I'm, of course, St. Moz on, on, on Untapped. You can look forward to me checking in six outstanding German beers very soon. You can find Hell us yeah. on Instagram. New post up today. And we oh are God. Beer Engine Pod on Instagram. Griff, where else can people find us if they need to? Sorry, I was just checking in my double two-hearted ale I'm drinking, which is fucking awesome, by the way. And I'm guessing um, that's the first time you've ever checked that in. I don't think so, but it is very good. <laughs> um, yeah, gang, you can get us on Instagram. We're Beer Engine Pod. Uh, email us, beerengineshow at gmail.com. But, of course, the best way to keep in touch with us on a day-to-day basis, Lord knows you need to do that. You just got to know what I'm up to, um, is to get on our Discord. It's easy to get an invite. 
you can email us, you can DM us on Instagram. Uh, you can um, do anything, right? Uh, there's there's any any number of ways to do that, and you get on here and, and post. I did want to say to the folks who are on here and anyone who wants to join, I just created a channel. The new channel is called The Mail Keg. Uh, we have had some people who send us things in the email, uh, questions of varying levels of importance, uh, most of them very important. In fact, I would call some of them emergencies. And uh, about food or beer or just something silly that you need answers on. If you don't want to send that in the email anymore, crafting the email is too fucking hard for you. And you're on the Discord. You can just post in the mail keg, drop your note in there, and we will read it, maybe, on next week's show. Uh, that's all I've got. Tony, you got anything else for the fans? I just wanted to see how your gambling from last week's show ended up. I can't remember if we actually have oh. that. Uh, you got the winner right. We didn't get the total right. So um, the uh, the Melbourne came out on top. They won 81 to 77. But uh, it was 145 total, I believe, which uh, we went over. That would have been 158, I think. 87, yeah. 81 plus 77. So um, we, went, we went a little over. Uh, didn't didn't come through, but don't worry. I I've been trying to make it back on on soccer, so we'll be all right. Oh, I do have one other thing outside of gambling. Don't know whether you've checked it out, but I've just signed back up for it, and I've really enjoyed the show. Check out Ted Lasso if you've got Apple TV. Oh sure, plus outstanding fun show. The the sacker in life of Ted Lasso. If only watching football were so fun as watching Ted Lasso. It's mostly pain, though, in real life. That's the problem. All right, Tony, another gem. We'll talk again next week, guys, later on. Um, so that, that's a pretty good story. Tony, I want to take a quick two-minute two break, if that one-minute break, one-second break, and we're going to come back and play a game. Okay, sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Let's do that. Right, I'm back, sorry. No worries. You know good I could have vamped during that time and just, just chatted with folks. We would have been fine. I thought oh, you were yeah. going to be gone for a minute. You were gone for like 30 seconds. No, well, you know, I just wanted to make sure I got, I needed to fuel up for this game because it's pretty stupid. <laughs> Love a good stupid All right. game. All right, let me know when you're ready. And Mark. <laughs>